welcome to the Naked Podcaster. Get ready to hear stories of someone brave enough to bear it all. Your past doesn't define you, but it does lead you on a path to today. Let's get naked. Hello and welcome to the Naked Podcaster. I'm really excited because I'm doing the coaching calls and this is a coaching call with Altair. Altair, how are you? Oh, I'm beautiful, right? All the way from Japan. All the way from Japan. I'm so happy to be here and see you again. (laughs) I know. It's like like pure delight. You've already filled my morning. I mean, it's very early morning here in Japan. So, What time is it there? I was going to ask you that. 6 a.m. 6 a.m. Okay. So for me, it's... Minus four, Jen. It's minus four here. So I'm fairly, you know, well, well dressed, so to speak. Yeah. It's been about right about zero here. Uh, it was below zero here this morning too, but it's mm. one o'clock in the afternoon. So I just ate lunch and you're getting ready for breakfast. So Exactly. Yes, exactly. that's so great. So you were on my show before and we have those notes, uh, the link and the notes in our show notes. So we'll go over that. But now this is a coaching call, which is a lot oh. different. So now you're taking me through my journey as a coaching client. And I have been so excited because you asked me for numbers, but tell me about your, <clears throat> the business and what you're doing and your website. Okay, so the, the business is called Raising Our Vibration, mm-hmm. and you can either find it through a community called Raising Our Vibration Community mm-hmm. on Facebook, or you can go to raisingourvibration.net, which will take you straight to the business part of it. Uh, the business is really about awakening you to purpose in this life, understanding what what blocks are holding you back from the purpose in that life and doing this through a process of subtle energy meditation. So we take people through a 10-week course. It's had such rave reviews. We're really honored to take people on this sacred journey. The the reviews are on the website, so you can have a look there yourself. But it's really about Mm. us diving deep into our inner self, into the energies, the consciousness, the transformations we go through in life and making some sense of them. Because for the most part, you land here on this planet, you're put with a family that either you get on well with or you don't get on well with, and you get out there in the environment, which you either get on well with or you don't (laughs) get on well with, and you look at this world and the chaotic kind of semblance of stuff that's all put together and go, how do I make sense of that? So this is all about how to make sense of that and, and put it in a really grounded way so that you can bring your practice and your wisdom back into the world and do some good. Because while yeah. we're here, we may as well have a really good yeah. time doing it and benefit, oh, other yes. people. benefit other people, have all a right. good time and really develop some wisdom. I mean, I think it's a pretty simple journey that we're all on and we're here to do it together. It's not about this or doing this separately there there is a collective soul consciousness yeah. that we we can all feel at the moment i mean you know when the world is feeling chaotic we all feel chaos inside mm-hmm. and we think this, this doesn't belong to me so why shouldn't we feel the opposite when we all feel joy and cohesive and coherent and in love why can't we feel that all the time well we can and so this is part of the journey of getting us all together to do that so your 10, the 10 week course, it's not open. Well, I, this will release when it releases. So even if it's not open, you have a way to contact you so that they can get on the next list for the next 10 week. They can course. get on the next list. Yes. Yeah. It's filling up fast. We've got another course. We've got a course that's full at the moment that started in January. We've got another course that's uh, already about a fifth full in July. So we do it every three to four months, roughly. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's it's exciting to feel the because we only just opened this part of it. Both Kevin Shaninger and I have been running um, raising our vibration just only beginning this year. So we began last year with a core group, which was a wonderful group of people who came together and and volunteered their their time to give to us to experiment with them and work with them and find out what made them tick. And it was magic, absolutely magic. They're the most beautiful people and they're still with us. I mean, I think that was sort of a a tribute to both sides, both what we were doing and what they were offering is that they've stuck with us now a year later. They're still, we've taken them into an advanced course and we're still going there. So it's like a journey to the center of the self all together, all as one. That's, cr- that's crazy. Amazing. I mean, I'd be like, please let me be your guinea pig. But, um, 
also there's so much on the so I cyberstalk you since we last you oh, know I, I mean I, I know I do, I love it and <laughs> you have so much information out there anyway you have a YouTube channel you have a Facebook channel you do you're very interactive and you're in Japan like you said so everything is done just like this via Zoom I thought at first when I first started the podcast three years ago, I, I didn't think I was concerned that I wouldn't connect with people as well as I do in person. But I, I don't find that at all. No, me neither. I feel like Not, I know you, you're like family, right? I know. It's, it's like I know. With, it's like, oh, Jen, Jen, what have you been up to? And then it's the same with my friend Kevin. Do you know Kevin and I who run this course, we have uh -huh. never physically met. And, I've never and the people that have been with us, this core group that have been with us for a year, we've never physically met. So I just think that is a tribute to this new age of insight mm -hmm. through this medium, right. which allows us to connect with people, develop really wonderful connections, mm -hmm. and in fact, go deep into the process and transformation of consciousness without actually physically meeting. I mean, and this yeah. is just the beginning, right? Right, think it of, is. Think 50 to 100 years from I now. Can't like, yeah. I, awesome. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. It will be. And I think that the, these are the reasons that technology can be so amazing. Uh, I do find that, that when you look around in the outside world, it's everybody looking down at their phones. And I always feel like it's because they want to connect, where if they just looked up, yep. you, could, you could connect in person. And I don't, you know, I, I've done almost 150 episodes right around there. And I have actually known a couple of the people, probably five or six of my interviews. I knew them and asked them to be on. But otherwise, I've, I don't know anyone that I've ever interviewed. But I did go to London and meet one of the women that I interviewed. And it was like, we, started, we both started to cry. Because I knew her so well already. Yeah. And I've, now I use the video. I release the video. But from the beginning, I use the video just because I wanted to connect with the person I was talking to. I totally, like, like I we're totally having, understand. so I love, I love this. I want to make a, I don't know if it's a statement or a question, probably both. I find that a lot of people when they are getting older, especially if you've hit 40 ish and you're kind of like, okay, wait, I've done all of these things, you know, and now I'm hitting closer towards midlife and I don't know what I want to be when I grow up type of thing, or they reinvent themselves or they're, they're not a hundred percent happy. So we're searching. And I think that that's very common, but I'd have to say my kids that have graduated high school, I tell them, don't worry about what you want to do for the rest of your life. It's impossible at 18. You have very little life experience. You haven't been out on your own. You've never taken all these courses that could be life-changing. You really don't know, and that's okay. But they're searching just as much, except they're much more forced into figuring out what they want to do and having a path to get there. I think once we get out of those college years and we've worked for longer and we have more life experience, we're not funneled into that as much. So we have a little more freedom in just going, now, wait a minute, I need to stop and figure this out. What are your thoughts on that? Because we're all searching. Oh, absolutely. I, look, I think fundamentally it comes down to the human being wanting to have freedom of choice. I mean, I often yeah. ask my, okay. my five-year-old daughter, yeah. what do what does she want to do? And she just basically wants to enjoy life and be, she, she's, she's a dancer through and through with a lovely yep. voice and at the age of five. And she just says, dad, I just want to enjoy this life. And she yeah. talks about, we talk about all sorts of dreams where I'm doing the awakened um, mind by uh, Anna Wise with her. And it's like <laughs> with a five-year-old and I take her through all these exercises and it's, it's amazing the things that come out in a little soul. And oh. I think that that's what people are looking for really early on. We don't do it in our schools. We don't give people any guidance as to understanding themselves and where that soul is really going. And so absolutely with you on that. The kids feel these days, especially they grow into teens and they grow into a young adult and they feel forced down this sort of yeah. tube of, Oh, okay. I've got to do this. I've got to go to this institution. I've got to be, you know, on this list of people for these jobs, or I want to go to Stanford or Harvard or wanna, whatever it happens to be, they feel pushed down their alley and no, no more so than in Japan, where if you don't oh. get in the right kindergarten, you don't get to the right elementary school, you don't get to the right yeah. high school and you don't go on and to, to the university that, and then into the company 
that those universities are feeding into. At five. But you can't get into any other way. And, you know, I see the pressure on the faces of the dads and mums here. And I just think, what, it, what, what are you feeding your kids? You're just feeding them a whole pipeline that, that you were used to. You're not actually open to the fact that here's a whole new generation of souls that are coming on this planet to do something for it. You know, are you introducing to eco, the eco future? And are you interested in, the, in ecology? Ha, have you actually looked at the way we need to nurture this planet together and all the rest of it? Yeah. So I do, yeah. I, I do think we funnel our kids far too early into that kind of but that shoot that yes oh it's uh, suddenly when you're in it then you can't get out of it and of course no wonder people drop out and have all sorts of you know the depression amongst the kind of young pop stars of of today because you get there you get all the adulation suddenly what what actually does the world mean what what what's the point of all this how can i've suddenly I found myself in a in in a position that i didn't really have a lot to do with getting here, I kind of was the, at the mercy of social media or peer pressure or all right. the other things that have can, kind of driven me here, but I haven't actually had the freedom of choice. So it comes back to, you know, the pe people are kind of looking for that something where they're going to settle, but first they need to understand that freedom of choice. Like what is it that is going to give them the, the opportunity to explore what they really want? And, and I how do you know that? I think children innately, here's the problem with kids is that they, well, the great thing is that they have the ability to dream so big and just want what they want without knowing anything that goes into it. That's great, except that we know everything that goes into it and that some of what they are dreaming and they want. My daughter loves to sing and dance too, and she's 10 now when she was about six, she said, uh, you know, I want to be on stage and dance. And I said, great, I can get you into dance lessons and singing lessons. She goes, oh, no, you just need to give me a microphone. People think I'm cute. And that's true. But that's not sustainable either. And so as a parent, what's so hard, I find, is like to guide them so that they don't lose sight of those lovely desires that they have at the same time teaching them slowly what the reality is in my mind it's a, there are more steps to that process yeah. and you don't want to squash them it's hard to nurture that so that you keep it going as an adult but also have the doses i guess of reality so i i do think that's a big part of it is that foundation of what happens so here we are maya's come to join us because maya has had a scary dream and Maya had a night, nightmare and she's so scared that she wanted to come to Dada because she knows that I have had lots and lots of dreams and that I know how to deal with them. <laughs> okay. okay, Maya, you can, you can help Dad. Yep, you can, you, can be my, you can be my little helper. Well, we all need an assistant, so I think this is great. Yeah, okay, so you're my assistant. There's so much that people are searching for, myself included, and sometimes you're not even sure what it is. And I know I get caught up on the how. Even if I know what something is, I can I can be on the how wheel, the hamster wheel. Yeah. I look, I totally understand the how. And you know, I was reading something really beautiful the other day. It was a bit of physics actually that reminds yep. me of the, of the how. Okay. And that was about two Japanese scientists who are trying to create a new element. Now Okay. This sounds bizarre, right? But you know right. the, the periodic table? Mm -hmm. well, I mean, we all learn it when we go to school. Hydrogen, helium, lithium, beryllium. You know, and you, you reel off all these things. But then you get to the end of the periodic table. And, of course, it does have an end at about element number whatever it was, 113 or 112 or 107. And anyway, these scientists have got to the end of the periodic table. And, of course, it's going progressively from lighter to denser. And they are looking at, how do you create new elements at the end of that? And that's something totally new. You know, can a human being or two human beings create a new element? And what they, through, you know, bombarding electrons, they, they had discovered how to create a denser molecule. And they, they discovered it took them a, was some crazy figure like seven quadrillion times or <laughs> they they bombarded the same molecule that many times mm -hmm. in order to create something new and i often think the how 
in our life is, is a lot like that. We actually are fight doing the how all the time, but we don't realize it. Our, our thought is so long as we ask the right question, I think that's the key for anybody listening. If you've, if you're wondering, you know, what your purpose is or how do I get there or what do I do? The key is actually just to ask that question. What is it? How do I get there? Because as soon as you ask that, your, your, those electrons, those neuro and the neurons in your brain are actually start firing because they're going inquiry, inquiry, discovery, discovery. Yeah. What, on earth, what on earth does that mean? I got absolutely no idea. But so long as you keep asking that mm -hmm. question seven quadrillion times, which in fact, you know, if you look at the fact that we have 60,000 thoughts a day, and most of them we're repeating from yesterday. Okay. You start to realize that that, that figure is going to actually start to mount up. You are going to mount up millions of thoughts. Mm -hmm. And if thoughts are focused and concentrated in a particular direction, they will give you an answer. I mean, it's a bit like Archimedes, you know, and Eureka. You, you keep doing that. And actually, that good old brain is percolating some kind of response and it doesn't necessarily come in all those busy moments when you're asking that question over and over again. It's quite often no. in a bath or a forest walk or something, you know, beautiful time with your lover and you're hanging out quiet. And then suddenly, oh, that's it. That's the answer. So, you know. You have to listen too. And I think sometimes we don't listen, you know. I totally agree. It's this right. It's there's a joke about a man who's in a flood zone and he's trying to save these people. And, and I am, this is, I'm not getting all religious, whatever you believe, but I'm going to say the word God, God, okay. send me a boat, a boat comes. He helps the people get on, but he stays and he finds more people. God, please send a boat to rescue these people. And that happens. And then the man drowns and he gets up to heaven and said, you know, why didn't you save me? And he's like, I sent three boats. You know, <laughs> however that goes, I think sometimes we're asking, we're asking, we're asking, and it's right here and we're looking around it to, you know, yeah. and, and so I think we also have to listen. I know when I, um, I had always said I want to write a book and I lost my job because the nonprofit lost the funding. And my husband looked at me and said, well, you have five months that you could take off. So why don't you take it off and write the book you've always been right, wanted to write? And I was like, well, first of all, that's a gift. That was huge. But then I said, so what that tells me is that I have to decide, do I want to write a book or do I want to be the person that just talks about how I want to write a book? <laughs> so I wrote the book. Yeah. But yeah. We're, we're not, we don't always, I could have just said, oh no, I need to go back to work. Instead of stopping and thinking, oh my gosh, that's a gift right there in front of me. And I wrote a book in two months and the same thing with the podcast. Someone said, you want to help other people get their story out, but not everybody wants to write the, a book of their own. Mm -hmm. Why don't you start a podcast and hand me a microphone and within a month I start. So you, ha you do kind of have to ask the question, but you also have to listen to the answer. And I don't think we're always great. I mean, I gave two examples where I just did a great job, but I'm sure there's <laughs> millions that I have not. So asking the right question, asking it a lot of times. And I did have a friend who does energy work and she looked at me one day and said the universe will give you what you want but not if you are confused about what you're asking for because you're just confusing the universe right and i was like that's yep that's where the intention is so important right Right. whatever that intention is you've got to get to the so you ask the right question and then when you get that you listen and then when yes. you get that feedback then you've got to stay really really focused on that intention because yeah if you're confused it's going to get give you a million one messages my wife and i were talking about this in terms of finances and she said right. oh you know we need more money and i said are you sure it's money if you just ask for money you might get money and it, let, let's say you get a whole lot of money but you're not ready for it or you get a little money what are you actually asking for and she said oh freedom i said what to travel? Yeah, to travel. She said, well, I said, isn't that actually what you're asking for? You're not asking for right. money. You just want the freedom to travel. You Which could come in a completely different container than money. It did. Well, do you know, she won a trip some years ago to Spain. And I said, you asked for money back then and it came to you as a trip. And that wasn't, and, and in fact, your real deeper motive was that you wanted to travel. So it's not about, you've got right. to look at what you're, asking for you know when you're talking about listening i was thinking in, in japan there is a goddess known as K 
Kanonsama, who's the goddess of compassion. And she, in China, she's known as Guanyin, and in India and Tibet, she's known as Avalokiteshvara. And it, she's all about listening to the cries of suffering with a compassionate ear. And when you turn that on yourself, it's like listening to your own suffering with a compassionate ear, because in yeah. fact, your, your soul, your soul's crying out, you're in this job, you don't like it a whole bunch, and right. your soul's crying out for a change, and a lot of the time you're just not listening. And then 20 years goes down the line, and you, you're completely fed up, and somebody says to you, what are you still doing in the job? And you say, oh, yeah, I, you know, I, I should have listened back then, then in my when I, my 20s, when I, when I really knew what I was doing, but, I, you know, my right. dad and mum said I should just go ahead and do it and I wanted to save for a house, but here I am and I'm still frustrated with, I never took, actually took that step. Yeah, because you didn't listen. You didn't listen right. to the cry of suffering from your own heart because that's where it's coming. You, you, you're not going to be able to li liberate anybody else until you liberate yourself, which was basically what, what the Buddha said. You, yeah. There's no way you can enlighten anything without enlightening yourself. So a lot of this journey is a really simple practice of presence, being here now with what's happening. Um, Where are you going now? I, I, this journey is about the really simple practice of presence yes. and being here now and right. with what's happening and then awareness like awareness of what comes up, your intentions and listening to it, and then self-compassion, having enough courage to nurture yourself through the whole process and give yourself what you need. And courage so, is a completely other thing we haven't even talked about. But you, so you asked me for my birthday and time. I did. I did. And, and we're about to dive, in, dive into that right now. I didn't know if that's where you wanted to start, but I um, thought we could shift into that. That's per that's perfect. Okay. So what we're going to do is, uh, so anybody listening to this, it, it can work the same way for you. If you know your birth date or birth time, I used to do Vedic astrology years and years ago. And I, um, the, the type of Vedic astrology I did was very specialized. It was called Nakshatra Jyotish Vedic astrology, which it, Nakshatra is the uh, phases of the moon, the 27 cycles of the moon that the moon goes through. So nakshatras, the cycles of the moon, Jyotish means light. And of course, the Vedic astrology is the ancient Vedas, which have been used for a lot of the yoga and meditation that's practiced in India today. So I'm okay. going to simply give you a reading and I'm going to ask you a question at the beginning. And and then I'm going to take you through a process that we do in raising our vibration, which is called the shared heart. And so I'm, uh, part of this is going to be in silence and anybody can do this with us. So okay. if you want to know your soul purpose, okay. I, I, so we're going to take that as our, our adventure together as our journey. And Maya's going to go come on it with us and she might just go back to sleep in my arms. Um, and we're, so I'm going to ask everybody out there to focus on your soul purpose, ask what it is. And, and you could be any one of these varying degrees of stages. You could not know what it is, or you could be absolutely certain what it is, or you could be somewhere halfway in between or down down one path where you don't know but you're getting an inkling or down the other path where you do know but you don't know how to go about it so um where, where are you at do, do you know your soul purpose jen do you know i really feel like it's reaching out and helping other moms yeah i i can feel that you you're like a divine mother sitting right there bringing, <sighs> just like my daughter was attracted to i mean i always look at things as a sign is like yeah. she's attracted to coming here because she felt you know, a lot of discomfort from the dream. And here she is in your presence. So what yeah. a gift, you know, you're, you're here to help mums. I mean, mine's going to be a mum one day, Maya, maybe. <laughs> I think because I, I put so much of my life into helping children that struggled like I did when I was a child. And then I hit the point where I realized that, well, yeah, but now I'm the mother struggling with completely different issues. That And so I did put, you know, 15 plus years into helping children that were struggling. And then it hit the point where I was like, but what about the mothers? Now I'm just pausing for a second while my mother's going to go and see. Darling, she's on her way. That's good. Okay. That's good. We're back. 
So right. I just, I just felt like I put, I, I, with great intent, put my life in for 15 years of foster care and stuff. And my oldest daughter is 28 in 20 April of 2020. So, I mean, I've parented for 28 years now and I had 15 years in foster care and really helping. And because I was the wounded child, I wanted to help the wounded child. But then I realized at some point, probably 10 years ago that it goes beyond the wounded child and we become the wounded mother. Mm. Um, and I also realized that although this is not an excuse, but my mother was going through her own story while she was parenting me and I was creating my own story. And some of that intertwining was great. And some of it was not great. Yeah. And, but I've learned that I have respect for the fact that she was struggling in, with her story while trying to parent children. And I know that because I'm the mother that struggled with my own story in very different ways, but still while I'm trying to parent my children and help build their story. Uh, and I was a lot more intentional about that, but I really, really wanted to stop working with kids and just focus on the 18 that I have, which is ridiculous anyway, you know, focus on the 18 that I have not continued to take in kids and refocus my attention on the moms. And so that's been the last decade. So I really feel like that's where I need to go. I do not know how, <laughs> I, I don't know in what way, what that will look like. You know, you know, it's really interesting that you're talking about this because my wife started a YouTube channel called Sumi in Wonderland. And I, just a month or so ago, we had our first video that broke a million views. So it's got like 1.3 million views on the, one of these videos. Now, the thing is, at that time, YouTube changed their rules around children and families. Yeah, yeah. And so everything's gone topsy-turvy and it doesn't work quite the same way as it used to. The, the interesting thing is she is reaching out to moms and they're young, mostly infants, you know, young kids, one, two, three, four, about, um, and, and helping them through, through English and Japanese. I mean, that's her. Oh, right. And helping them to understand how to t speak to the child in English and sing songs in English, but taking Japanese songs and translating them and putting them into the English version so that mums can teach their kids through songs that the kids already know, but in English. Wow. Um, now, the interesting thing is that she was saying exactly the same thing. I want to reach out to moms. I don't know how, because now YouTube's turned the tables on the whole kids channel and made the whole thing quite difficult. I now don't know how I haven't got the same market. The da -da 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 -da. And I yeah. said, you know, the how... A little bit like that, what you're talking about. You want to reach out to moms. You've got a perfect platform here. You've got millions upon millions of moms who would love to have your advice and guidance and counsel because, of course, you've got the wisdom of the world at your feet because you've been interviewing all these coaches and yep. other people who are giving you this incredible advice. So you're actually, your, your wisdom self is actually absorbing them. I don't think it's any coincidence that you met that guy who gave you information to say, why don't you? The compound <laughs> effect, huh? It. Yes. It's a com and you know, that you think of the incredible wisdom you've got to give moms about life, you know, that you're gradually accumulating it. And it's so obvious the direction that you're heading into. Like if you look at, so, so I'll read a little bit. The, the, so basically your sole purpose you, th you feel is dealing with moms, helping yep. moms. And you don't know how, but you just Correct. know that that's at the core. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to portray you as a divine mother. I think all of us have, like the Dalai Lama says, you know, the power, the power of an affectionate mother to nurture her children is at the root of all human kindness. And if we actually felt about other people that way, I mean, that's basically my practice. My practice is like a divine mother practice. Every day I go around seeing myself as a mom looking after kids. I'd love to be a mom, but I'm in this male body. <laughs> Okay. I can be a mom. I've attended lots of home births. I was at one home birth where I really did have a beautiful, the beautiful honor of looking after a mom who on an island who she had a water birth and the, the doctor and the midwife, midwife didn't arrive in, in time and neither did her husband. So I was the only person. She said, can you get in the water with me? And said, why not? We're having yep. a baby. You know, so I looked after her until 
the, the we so we birthed the baby and the, because we're on an island so of course if the boats or whatever it was didn't get there in time which they didn't and the husband couldn't get over from work because she it was like it was just one of those magic moments where you think hey i can be a midwife even though i've got no sure. training you know, <laughs> I can, I can do this because it's all about love and I've just got to be there a hundred zillion percent mm -hmm. for this friend of mine who's having a baby. And it was, I, I'll always remember, it's just such a moving, beautiful, spontaneous moment. moment. And I thank her and thank the baby and thank everything else. So I, I've often, since that time, I was like, yeah, I could, I could be a mum. I could do this, but you know, I need a bit, a bit more training. I need to change the body a little bit, but I could be a mum. And so I really, you know, I love it when I hear beautiful souls like you who really just want to treasure moms and give them the support they need. Because when you look at it, there are millions upon millions of moms who, yeah, don't have the wisdom, don't know what to do with their kid who's crying or having nightmares, don't, don't know what to do with their kid who just actually doesn't fit in, or the kid who hates school, or the kid who's getting into fights, or the kids who's into drugs. I mean, whatever it is, there's just so many situations where the moms just want to reach out to somebody and you're going to be that somebody you're going to be their divine mother. So kind of, like I say, I mean, that's how I can see you. And if you, if you kind of look at what, uh, so, so going back to this, uh, cause it's all connected with this. Um, uh, when I asked you for your time and, and date of, mm -hmm. date of birth and place of birth, um, even though Kevin and I don't do this in raising our vibration, this was part of a practice I did years ago as a way to help people. You're, you were helping mom. I was helping people with their soul purpose and their life purpose. Mm -hmm. So going, th this is read. It used to be read on ancient leaves. And uh, there are, there, there's a book called the book of Bragu, which I've had the um, fortune of seeing it in practice. Once I had a friend of mine, who was who did the same kind of reading that I'm going to do for you? She went along to palm, uh, a palm leaf reader in India, a book of Bragu family astrologer, and she sat down. Remember, he's he's an Indian guy that she's never met, and I'm with it. And she's she says, um, so what? What did you find out? And he says, well, and he starts to go into past lives. You know, so you're sort of thinking, yeah, well, it could be. I mean, he, she's a yoga teacher, but he didn't know that. So sure. She's got all these connections with yoga. And so then she, he starts to get into the present life. And then he, he, he just starts with something like this. So he said, your mom, you've got two kids. Uh, you were married once, but that marriage ended three years ago. You know, and she, he, he describes her life like in, in incredible detail, you know, you're living in uh, a Northwestern place. It's very dry, but you're going to be moved. And then he starts to go into the future <laughs> and she just shrieked, you know, she said, I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't because it was like flat out down to the down to the wire detail that there was no way he could have not. And he's reading off this. He's reading leaves. Like, leaves. It was just. It was that. Just I think that's a new fantasy of mine now. <laughs> just priceless. It was just priceless. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it was totally awesome. So, um, so, so this is basically what these old scriptures say about you and this mother awareness that you've you've got. So I, I, like I say, I mean, I think it's beautiful. You can take from it everything that you want to take. And then I'm going to guide you into like the practice that one of the practices that we do in raising our vibration, which is called a shared heart. Cause basically what we do in the routine that we guide people through in this course is we help them to prepare. So we ask them about their soul purpose, ask them about their blocks, help them to prepare their body, heart and mind to understand that journey through insight. And then we take them into a process of interoception, which I'm gonna do, which is okay. about stilling the body, going into mindfulness, concentrating and learning to focus and absorb into light and love and peace. And then transcending the self. So going beyond the self through stillness and into choiceless awareness. And then, after that practice, which we do every week in lots of different ways, because the shared heart, which I'm going to do with you, is just one of those practices. We then get people to return and ground and reflect on what they've seen or what they've uncovered or what experience they had or what okay. deeper energy and, and how to carry that practice into the world. So that's basically... Okay. 
what happens. So got it. Got it. So I'm going to ask you to hold and anybody who's listening to hold yep. this intention of either in your case to be a mother to all, but you don't know how. So we're going to together, we're going to explore how, uh, cause I'm presuming that's part of what, what the question is. Yeah. And how the interviews play a part. I really feel like that plays a part, but I'm don't, I, I don't know what that means. You're right. Right. And, and as I said, I mean, I can easily see that the interviews are setting you up for a whole right. book of wisdom that you're maybe going to write or just share with people. And that that wisdom is actually part of what you're going to give to moms because okay. they need it. You've, you've got such incredible power at your fingertips through what you've set up already. You've, you've almost set up the journey to be okay. perfect. You know, you're, you're going to, you're, you're going to be a, a a cup or a chalice of more wisdom than perhaps any of us. Cause you've got, you've, you've, you know, meaning, meaning to do it or not meaning to do it. You've got all this incredible wisdom now channeling back through to you. So, so moms might come along and say, Oh, I, I, I just don't know how to go through that. I I'm having all this energy rise up and you say, Oh, talk to Altair and Kevin or yeah. something else. You know, right. I'm, I've got this movie gun on my head and all these words. And I don't know what it means. So you say, Oh, look, there's this guy who does bat yep. language. You know, he's, yeah. he can help you. <laughs> it was so great. So, great. <laughs> so, so you've got all these connections as well. Right. As, True. As this incredible wisdom that you've got. So anyway, that, so about your birthday, so what it, what it says about you, so I want you to hold your intention first. So you're just going to listen. And at the end of this, so I don't want you to speak during this. You're just going to listen and absorb what I say. Have you got a pen and a... I do. I wasn't sure if I okay. could do that or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Okay. I'm going to stop at one point. I'm going to ask you to write down any insights and okay. then I'll get you to feed them back to me. And then I'm going to take you through the shared heart process. And at the end of that, I'll ask you to feedback what, what happens out of that for me. So we're just going to do, go through two simple processes. Got one it. is slightly shorter and one is slightly longer. All right. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Time-wise. All right. So first one, what it says about you. So this is the, the ancient Vedic scriptures done according to Nakshatra Jyotish astrology. So at the time you were born, the exact time, the exact date, the exact place, um, and your birth name, uh, and, and I've done this for twins. And so there are methods where even though twins are born just a, a minute or two apart, you can actually do the specialized um, Vedic astrology, which helps you, helps you really to look at the differences between two souls born just a minute apart. Because often people say, oh, but isn't this the same for everybody born at that, that time? Well, no, it's not. Even within... Okay. A, a degree of seconds you can break it down so you were born uh in the sign of what's called punavasu or the star of renewal and this is a really potent star because you're actually bringing renewal to mums that's what it says about you the the symbols are a bow and a quiver of arrows and the the this particular nakshatra wisdom is unlimited you're you've you've basically been bought i think part of the how is that you just have so much infinite potential in what you're touching that the sky is literally the limit it means that the actual translation of punavasu is the return of the light and i actually think you are one of the you know pioneering you know standard bearers of the return of the light to this planet through the mother wisdom through the primordial mother through shakti through the original divine mother um wisdom energies so it you and this in this energy and consciousness that you're carrying with you has the ability to bring light into the darkness spiritual light so it's a very strong satya or, or truth kind of uh, consciousness. And, and it's pretty obvious because you, you say this word so many times. Oh, it's all about raw for me. You've got to be prepared to reveal yourself. Or I'm here and I'm going to reveal myself. And, and you know, you even are revealing yourself physically, so to speak, which is a symbol, of course, for satya or truth, the naked truth. 
it's actually uh, uh, all about strong moral values, revealing the truth, revealing insight. So this such a purity that is in fact at the heart of what you do, because it's you know it takes an enormous amount of courage to reveal the naked truth, both physically and. Uh, emotionally and mentally, that's primarily what you're doing is you're creating a safe space for all the mothers of the world to come to and actually bear their souls. There are mums who probably feel like they just want to throw their child out on the street and not have anything to do with them anymore because inside they just don't know what to do with that boy or that girl who really is a soul that's trying to make sense of this world. So those mothers need a safe place. They need a safe place to come and bear their souls and feel that they're standing in the light of truth and that they're going to be nurtured and have somebody to understand them. And I'm sure with 18 kids that you've been through it all. So you know something that a lot of mothers don't, and that is how to deal with the complexities of numerous personalities and, and numerous souls who are all crying out for your help. So you're like that Kanon Sama or Guan Yin or Avalokiteshvara. You're like that divine mother of compassion for all mothers. And I mean, that's a very, that's basically exactly what it says as well. So it's called a Deva Nakshatra or, and it, and interestingly, it says the, the primary, uh, the, the primary thing you're trying to solve is what, what's called ATA, A-R-T-H-A, or material prosperity. At the root of a lot of people's issues are, hey, look, I don't have a ground to stand on. I haven't got enough money to send my kid to the right school. I haven't got enough money to do the things I want to in life. So one of the big things you're going to find you're able to help people with, because you're dealing with it yourself, is material prosperity and that's also what it says here so that shakti or power is called uh the power to gain abundance or the power to gain wealth or the power to bestow wealth through an understanding of uh, abundance or manifestation for for others for mums so that's a big a big part of what you're going to find in the future that you're going to help other mums with is how to actually manage that financial prosperity, how to actually get into a mind state of financial prosperity and how to actually deal with abundance. What does that mean? How do you stand in your power and get the abundance that you read about in the Bible and the lilies of the field and you read about in the Bhagavad Gita or in the Rig Veda or any of that, that we are due the spiritual inheritance of abundance. But what does that mean? How do you actually have a strong enough intention and then listen to it and follow it. And that, so that, that is a big part of both your practice and what you're going to bring to mums is an understanding of material abundance and how to actually attract uh, abundance and, and prosperity and manifestation into, into their lives. The main deity, and I'm not making this up just for you. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote actually this all down before so that you would know that I'm... The main deity is Aditi, the Cosmic Mother. So you were actually born in the sign of the Cosmic Mother who bestows cre- creative abundance on other mothers, on all beings who seek her blessings, but particularly on other mothers. So you're actually born in that sign, Purnavasu, the star of renewal, the star of the cosmic mother, the star of the ability to give abundance, you know, where, where it's needed. And I actually think as you go on in your, you know, practice of, as you're doing here of helping moms, you're going to, it'll suddenly twig, oh, I'm actually getting a lot of, a lot of abundance from, or, you know, charities, grants, funding that I'm going to be able to use to help other people. So you're going to have this ability to help people through, uh, through funds, through finances and through creative abundance because you'll attract it to you. So it's, it's ruled by Jupiter. Jupiter is the, always the great benefic uh, consciousness so it, there is so much about expansion. I mean, you've probably felt over the time of the 
the podcasting that you've done that it keeps it goes from one thing to another it goes from the book and then the book suddenly grows into the podcasting the podcasting suddenly grows into these coaching sessions and the coaching sessions grow into coaching sessions for moms and the moms go into grants through uh, through groups like the John Templeton Foundation, for example, who gives enormous grants to people exactly like you who are seeking to help others through a program that they call, you know, the divine mother of abundance or that they call the mother of all things or, you know, whatever to, to it, it happens to be called. That, that particular foundation, for example, uh, helps people to further, you know, spiritual con cognition, to further love, to further all so sorts of um, w ways of benefiting this planet. Uh, it was set up so some years ago by John Templeton, a, a philanthropist, who contributes especially to this kind of project. I, I mean, I think the kind of thing you're doing is is right down there, Ali. So the the careers of uh, of this. Punavasu consciousness, the star of renewal or the cosmic mother consciousness tend to be things like acting in drama, which of course you're already doing. See, you're not doing this through an ordinary means. You've mm -hmm. chosen the naked podcaster as a, as a really big symbol of the naked truth. So you are actually using, you know, acting drama and the entertainment industries, which is, industry, which is exactly what this says is that this is part and parcel of what you're naturally you know, being guided to do by the Cosmic Mother. So it also includes jobs like writing, publishing, and directing. So I've no doubt that one obvious thing you could do, and I, I actually am thinking right now of a young director called Matt Abraxas, who's, funnily enough, on our court, our Raising Our Vibration course, making a documentary now about what Kevin Shaninger and I are doing with the, the course, you could contact him and say, look, I'm going to do this work with moms. I'd love you to be part of it and make a documentary and we can bring moms on board and, you know, tell their stories, tell their stories to the planet. Because when I, um, uh, I was watching <laughs> Trump's state of the union speech, something I would very rarely ever do, <laughs> but I came in, I just happened to drop in for a few minutes at exactly the point where he was talking about a mom and her children being there without their dad who was away, you know, a, a, he was um, a serviceman and they brought him back in. Now, sure, it's all done for show and so on and so forth, but, but it was touching. It was absolutely beautiful. I thought if that was the only part of State of the Union that somebody like me got, and forget Trump, forget everything else, it's actually all about Moms, kids, families, and dads, and the, th the beautiful things we can do for our planet. If that's the little, you know, tiny um, view that I took, and that was all I saw of it, but it moved me. I felt really deeply connected to the people of America and the families of America because I thought to myself, hey, I'm going to talk to Jen, and here's a mom who probably at the time her husband was away on service, really needed somebody like Jen to talk to, really needed that, that kind of support. And here it was put on, you know, worldwide television, that kind of YouTube moment, but it was very touching. It was beautifully, it was a beautiful sharing of something that we all feel. And that is that there are times when we were away from our families. I'm sure she had a lot of struggles with her kids when her husband's away and, feels like she's doing it partly on her own. But there you go. There's the cosmic mother reaching out to me through a most unlikely venue, the State of the Union speech, but in a way that I could really relate to, that, that connected me with what we're doing here and here today. And I thought, what a, what a piece of magic this world is. It's like sometimes we just see actually the, the gifts that we're, we're actually supposed to see for particular reasons. So writing, publishing, directing, you know, so I'd say, yeah, get a doc documentary going on what you're going to do with these mums and get it going early right from the inception point because then something magic happens. You've got a vehicle there already to reach out to people. Um, so, so the other kind of, Think you know, spiritual teachers. I you're a born spiritual teacher. I mean, it's obvious. You you've got this heart of a mom. You've you've got the. I was um, 
watching watching that film on Netflix called The Good Good Place or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I was thinking, oh, that's just like Jen. Here you are. You are one of these people who forget the good place for a moment. You're one of these people in the perfect place, which mm-hmm. is here to nurture this planet, here to nurture our children, here to give benefit and love. You, you're already a spiritual teacher. You're already giving the advice through satya or the naked truth, through that the kind of guidance that of, of you know really pure value. What what are pure values? When you have an open forum to speak your heart, that is real purity right there. That that is what people need. They need that kind of place that they can go, like a sanctuary, like a, a place where they know they're perfectly safe. So that's like your spiritual teaching, you know, is providing a, a sanctuary to people. And the the people born under the star uh, tend to be the mystics of this world. You've already got a, a mystic consciousness that's flowing through you because you've designed a completely mystical platform here, what we're on, to connect with people in ways that have never been done before. How There's nothing more mystical than that is using consciousness to explore the naked truth and actually allow people to share safely in a sanctuary of their own devising. I mean, I think it's incredibly beautiful. So, you know, in a, in a nutshell, so there's the first part of it. That's what it says about you is that that's your, that's kind of your soul destiny. That's what you've come in onto this planet to do. And that that's, that's also the how the how is actually to trust the cosmic mother or to trust the divine mother in your heart to, to actually nurture, you've, you've already got the mechanics of it set up, really. You've got the naked podcaster. You've got all these coaches who are coming into your sphere of influence. You've got the uh, moms who need you. You've got the background set up with 18 kids. You've got all these potential channels open to you for funding, for connection, for all the rest. So it's almost you know, laid out in a perfect way for you. So the how is not really the question at all, uh, the, the real, the, because, because the how is to trust the divine mother in your own heart to be able to provide that nurturing that you're wanting to do. So, um, there's, there's the first part of it. So anything I'm interested either what you've wrote down or what you have seen or what you felt was connected with you. Um, definitely the light from the darkness. And I didn't see myself as a person bringing them, but I know that I felt that in myself, the light, but that's a recurring theme. I, um, do public speaking and I talk about compounding joy and I have 13 actions you can do that don't take a lot of time every day, but if you do small actions daily, it's using the theory of compound interest to increase your gratitude and your joy. And so I, I think that uh, one of the things that I say a lot, I said it in my book, like there's in the struggle, what were those nuggets of light? So I knew I, I didn't see myself as being someone who brought the light from the darkness and other people, but it's really important to me in my own life. So mm. that's a recurring thing in my life. Yeah. But what did you get out of this? That was positive. That was good. And how can you use that? And that's a huge part of the podcast too. It's, you know, there are these terrible struggles, but, but what was in that struggle that got you through it? So I'm looking for those, those nuggets, you know, of, so other people can find them themselves. So you mm. might find something different. What, but it's that it's those bursts of light. I get, I guess, within those dark moments. So that that's just a recurring theme in my own head, in my mind. Um, you said strong moral values, and that's something very important to me. So we talk about having a moral compass, you know, um, and my moral values don't mirror anyone else's but you know i've never smoked a cigarette and i've never done drugs and i've only been drunk a couple times in my life um if i have anything to drink i won't drive the car i don't care how much it is that's not the point it's that the second the bottle touches my lips i will not so i have this uh whatever moral compass of things that i just think are 
not okay for me to do. It isn't about what other people are doing. And so you said strong moral values, which I have. And one thing that's been hard for me in all of the market research I've done with moms, I've done a lot of market research, um, is how much they self-medicate to get through parenting their kids. And it mm. kind of breaks my heart. Like, you know, the one thing that I do to get through struggles is smoke weed every day. And I mm. think, why? That, why? Why do you like I've never smoked weed and I have a hundred percent success rate of getting through the shit. So why do you need weed on a daily basis to get through the shit? I don't understand. And that just means I don't understand. They may have a completely valid, legitimate reason that that helps me to understand, but I may have a list of things that they can do in place of that. So that was interesting that you said that. Um let's see. <laughs> Well, I'm going to save the best one for last, but um, you said spiritual teacher. When I was a freshman in college, I was, I was, a, yeah, I, I have the last one is my bomb. That's the bomb. But this one, I was 17 when I graduated high school and started college, which was a year early. And we took a Myers-Briggs personality test. It was so great that we did this, not because specifically because that test, but because we had a professor who wanted us to be really insightful into who we are. And it was a vehicle to do that. And in part of it talks about what, uh, what you could be when you grow up, you know, and my number one, my number one in my personality is a pastor, <laughs> which I knew was not my path. I knew I like in that moment, I was like, I'm going to hold that and tuck it in my back pocket because it means something. That's, uh. I, I don't know what, but you said spiritual teacher and I love God, but I love everything else also. So, I, I mean, I just knew Pat, I wasn't going to like have a church and be a pastor and that was not mm. my path. Mm. But you said that and I was like, well, I've been hearing that for 32 years now, <laughs> but yeah. I don't know what that looks like. But, yeah. but like you said, maybe it's something that I just do because it's who I am and I've just mm. done it. And it yeah. has happened. There wasn't like a training and a certification and a, you know, a label and all of that stuff. Um, so yeah, I think you've just done it naturally. Exactly. It's, yeah. Which, yeah. which is great, but it's, I, I remember reading that at 17 and going, oh, okay. Well, yeah, it, we'll see how that works out for yeah. me because, yeah. I, I think it's like your, you know, 13 nuggets of joy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I th yeah. It's, it's like the 13 nuggets of joy. I mean, you do, you've come up with that quite naturally. And in yeah. fact, that's all connected with that material <laughs> prosperity thing. You well, know, you've done, isn't that, that all quite yeah. Okay. That's my last one. Cause this one is the one that's the most vexing to me. Yeah, yeah. You said that I will, you said something super powerful to me. You said, I will come into material prosperity and abundance and I will have the power. I'll gain it and be able to bestow it. That's interesting for a couple things because I feel like that's true, but it's very elusive to me. Finances are one of my biggest personal struggles. Yeah. And I talk with Dane, with my husband a lot, about how when that happens, I don't know what I want to set up, but something like a scholarship program. Mm. And <clears throat> because one, because there's so many people that I think genuinely want and need help and would do the right thing with it. And also because there are genuinely people who don't, aren't honest and genuine about it. So I always thought if I had some uh, way, a program to interview people and find out what their situation was, I could sift through some people that weren't real genuine or as much in need and the people who were, and then have that list of people who were and figure out, determine how to best help them. Because I was divorced and a single mom and working three jobs with nine kids at home. And I, I was the mom Oh, yeah, I think I, I think I lost you okay. something. Okay. I've just, yeah, yeah. Try, try again. You, you said, I, I, I want to set up a scholarship program or something. Okay. Like that. I got you about as far as there. Okay. So I've always, I always felt like I would get financial abundance, but yeah. it's been the most elusive. It's my biggest struggle. Finances are my personal biggest struggle. Um, 
So that's really tough for me because I struggle so much. I've been the divorce and the single mom with nine kids at home, you know, working three jobs and back in a corporate world after not having a degree and struggling with that and feeling shame because I couldn't balance. I didn't felt like I couldn't give as much as I wanted to my kids, but I couldn't give as much as I wanted to the job. And so I understand that. And I've, I've always felt that I would have some sort of scholarship program to weed through the people who really aren't being genuine about needing it or more malicious. Um, and then the people who really do need help. And I think that there's a tremendous amount, but a way to filter what they need and how that, what does that look like? And like you said, sometimes it's not money. It can be a lot of different things, but often it is money. And so you said that you see me as um, having material prosperity and abundance. And one, that is hard for me because I've struggled so much just personally. But two, when that happens, you said I'll have the power to gain and bestow wealth. And I'm like, oh my God, I've never, like nobody but my husband knows that I've ever talked about having some, and scholarship may not be the right way to say it, but it's the easiest way to say it. But I will have some way to filter who needs help and how I can do that and what that looks like. I, and I have no idea yet, except that I know that when I hit a point that I have everything that I need and I have that prosperity and wealth, I don't think I have the ability to not turn around and give back to those moms who struggled like I was a mom who struggled in a million different ways. So um, and like you, you also said that I'm making all these connections through coaches. And I think I have kind of indexed. That's a good word. It's an old library mm. term, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> I have these little index word. cards of people that can help. So I had a son who was autistic and I have kids who have had suicide attempts. And I've had a daughter who was pregnant and kept her baby at 17. And so all of this experience of that was not easy. The tough stuff with parenting when there's another parent going through that, like I get you, I see you and I have ways that I can give you help. And so it may not be monetarily, but I think I will, I really have felt like I'll hit a point in life where I can pool all this information together mm. and be able to offer it. But I'm still in the struggle. <laughs> so <laughs> I, so I think you can be in the struggle and helping because I'm in a different place in my struggle, but financially, you said all of that, that I can stand in power and financial abundance. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> do you know, do you know, you did. And there are so many ways that you can do. I mean, Patreon is one way uh, yeah. that, that people do it, but the other way of that funding, like I mentioned that particular foundation, go and right. have a look at that. After I, I wrote it down. They, yep. They, they, uh, and you know, and if you want to, I'm, currently doing something with that group so oh yeah i'll ask yeah, you to yeah. connect me please ask me yeah yes. if you want anything I, there's a there's a whole process they go through but but there is i've looked at some of their uh funding programs and they've done things like they've got a a, a woman who uh it talks about connecting people uh, in love and yeah. and like it's as simple as that. And she's they funded her for something like a quarter of a million dollars. And it's they funded her programs to reach out and help people to find love. And I was thinking, you you've got your program right there. You've got a, a, an ability to reach out and help mums with prosperity. For example, I mean, you know, that the, the, what a what an amazing wouldn't it be amazing to learn the thing you most need to learn, right? But that tends to be how we we or to teach the thing we most need to learn yeah but, but it's that you you've got the those connections you know you've got this incredible library of all these interviews and and podcasts that you've done yeah. that are actually all these connections and that's what they're looking for they're not necessarily looking for you to have done all the work they want to see that you've put in a certain amount of right you know um, of the hard work to get there. But the point of their funding is where could you take that? And that's what I see the potential of you to take this right in the area that you want and have it funded or have it backed or have it, whatever it is. So, 
I think, uh, see, I truly believe that a lot of things, if you just listen and have conversations and like, I would have asked you, please connect me with the, I write notes during podcasts. And if there's anything that comes up when I stop recording, that's one of the things I do. I like to touch base with you on a couple of things that we talked about if that happens. Um, so I have no hesitation in asking for those things, which I think is a great thing. It doesn't bother me at all to ask to be connected to someone. Um, you said that I have to trust the mother within myself. And my first thing I'd be like, well, how? <laughs> Which is the wrong question. Um, yeah, you're a helpers, right? All I, it's, questions it, are always how. It it's kills always me. And I think, right, I, wanna, <laughs> I want to think my way out of it, right? And you can't. And so I, I felt when you were telling me that, because the first thing that popped into my mind was, how do I do that? And I, I thought, no, it's when I do that. Yeah, it isn't yeah, about how, but I have to trust that. And that's intuitive and not logical. And that's, um, it's just not as, t you can't write it down in a graph, you know? And, right, right. and so I just feel like what my husband says, it's like you're standing on the edge of a cliff and you need like a breath to just send you over. Yep. Yeah, and you, you just need, like, need to sit and continue to do the things you're doing until the breath. You need to just wait for the wind. Yeah. He's like, yeah. you are right there. And, He's and I don't so even know entirely <laughs> what it will look like once I fall, but I'm okay with that part. I'm okay thinking scholarship and having it be something totally different. That's I'm fine with rolling with, with what it is, but yeah. Yeah, well, well, it's like yeah, well, that story I told you in the beginning about the physicist doing it, you know, a trillion yes. times. You know, imagine doing something a trillion times and then you suddenly hit the one. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. like the, it's like the light bulb, you know. You, yes. You kind of, it's that same thing is that you, you, you don't, you just keep doing what you're doing and then you, uh, and, and gradually it builds and people like me and other people start saying to you, Hey, look, actually here's the way you wait. Do yes. <laughs> well, okay. So how. you don't need to yes. think about the how you being... <laughs> so hard. And actually that has happened. I think things are, when you look at influencers, for example, I think part of it is doing the same thing consistently over time, which is the theory of compound interest, which is yeah. what I use in compounding joy. It's not yeah. doing one big bang. It's doing all of those little tests until the one little test happens or doing the same podcast interviews. And I love it. So I am enjoying the doing it over and over again consistently over time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also sometimes the one connection that just kind of goes, oh, and things sort of go kaboom. Yeah. So I mm -hmm. think it's consistency and compound interest and the Big Bang Theory, I think, yeah. <laughs> combined. the. So I really believe that it's not one or the other, but the combination that makes it great. So yeah. I'm waiting. Yeah. I'm doing my consistently over time and waiting for the other things to have the Big Bang. So. <laughs> okay. Altair, thank you. This was incredible. What that was wonderful. What, that was, what incredible wow. time. Yes, we feel like I feel like I've been on a big journey with you. And it's yes. a way to know each other and and go into depth and spend some quality time and do do some beautiful things, even though we're this far or only this far this away. Far. I know. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. That's crazy. Thank you. It was beautiful. So it so was what a treasure. What a treasure. Thank you.